subscribe. How you guys doing? Back with another episode. Hope you guys are having a great week, a great day, and hopefully you guys are going to be rocking it and kicking it this weekend. Today we got a good and amazing podcast. Again, we're going to have our co-host, John Artie, and we have another special guest for you today. So I'm going to take it over here and give it over to John Artie with this podcast, and I'll see you through the middle of the podcast. I'll see y'all later. Alrighty, guys. So this is my second episode back. You know, first episode felt good and all. Uh, this episode, we got a very close friend of mine, uh, Sam Nesfield. Uh, he started off here as a civilian and then moved to the regimental life. Uh, Sam, you want to tell us about a little bit about that? Yeah. So I, uh, I was, I came here for Naval architecture and, um, I broke my hand before indoc and I spent a whole year as a civvy and then I moved into the regiment this year and have been doing mug years since then. So. Yeah, so, um, you know, I've heard all your stories, like, you know, you lived as a civilian here. How did that, how does it change? Like, I know, like, all the regimental stuff, you know, like, you have to square and all that, but what are your, like, different lifestyles as you see it? I think, like, the biggest thing about being a civvy is the dorms. The dorms are not social friendly. So, like, in the regimental dorms, you walk around, you see people, you know, you talk a bit, and then you go on about your day. But in the civvy dorms, you know, I was lucky enough to be in a suite with some people that were really friendly and they became my friends, but most civvies are kind of isolated in their dorms. And, you know, you got those big ass doors, no one talks to each other and you kind of wake up, go to class and then just go back to your room or study somewhere else. And that's all your life is. Whereas in the regiment, you know, it's rough, but, you know, you have like a, you know, kind of a brotherhood and some like camaraderie and, you know, you have friends everywhere. It's, I'd, I'd say it's a lot better to be in the regiment. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but, um, if you're, I'm an engineering major, and if you're in engineering, you to further your career, you want to get a su- summer internship, like with a good company. But in the regiment, you have the opportunity of going on cruise, which actually does a lot for your engineering career. Like to go on cruise, to have an, that engine license, it's really good. So you saying, uh, were you saying all that? Um, you joining the regiment, you wanted to join the regiment to help further your career in a way. Right. Yeah. So um, last summer I had an internship um, over the summer and I was talking to my boss and uh, it was it was an engineering firm or a consulting firm. And um, she she knows about the school. She knows like the opportunities I have here. And she told me that, you know, having hands on experience as like a design engineer, that gives you so many more opportunities because most engineers don't have that hands-on experience. They don't actually know what it's like being an end user and specifically for naval architecture, working in an engine room and being on a ship, you'll have a much better understanding of like what the requirements are to have a ship operate well. You know, I, I, I know in 540 Callahan told me, um, you know, sometimes there'll be backwards valves and stuff for no other reasons than naval architects don't know what they're doing. So I think it's really important to have that like experience for, you know, your job. Yeah. Um, so I've heard a bunch of stories about, you know, people joining the regiment, you know, they're coming here as a civvy and joining their sophomore year as in the regiment. How do you feel that's going to hold you back being uh, academically a sophomore now, but technically a freshman in the regiment? I think the biggest inhibitor to that, honestly, was um, 
muggy yourself first semester. At the beginning of the semester, you know, you spend a lot of time on the regiment. I mean, we're in the same section. You know, we were doing drill all the time, PT. I was struggling to stay awake in classes and stuff. And your sophomore year for engineering, that's when you hit like harder classes. You know, that's when you need to be focused more. Calc 3, Physics 2, those classes are, you know, really important and you really need to focus on those. But I just didn't have the time and the energy to maintain both very well. And I think that that was that's probably the biggest inhibitor is build your schedule around the regiment if you're thinking of joining the regiment. And then also I'll have to do a victory cruise. So mm -hmm. that's not too bad. So any civvies that you know, would you or for people wanting to come into the maritime you know, school, any type of maritime school that has a civilian program, would you tell them to skip the civilian and just go straight to the regimental life? Oh, yeah, definitely. I would say start in the regiment. And if you really hate it, go civilian. Don't start civ civilian. Go go into the regiment. It's it, it holds you back in a lot of ways. You know, you'll make friends in the regiment. So even if you are a civvy, you'll be in classes with people in your major that you met in the regiment. And it'll be a lot better than if you just show up to a class and you don't know anyone. Because that's kind of how it is a civvy. Like you're just kind of kind of like a free body on campus just kind of doing whatever you want it's, it's weird yeah uh we had uh a class together it was uh english for engineers with uh professor di piazza you saw when we were there how many um you know cadets were in there to civilians you know our our, our cadet to civilian is a lot greater we yeah it's like maybe have 20 percent civilian here yeah it's like 80 80 percent cadets and then 20% civilian and a lot of the civilians are dispersed throughout different majors and stuff so it's just kind of like you know it's harder to do stuff as a as a civvy here I, I would say like if you are thinking of going civvy at the school I would definitely say get involved with sports get involved with some extracurricular don't just you know don't just stay in the dorms because that will that is that that's a killer I remember my first semester I uh I failed English because of that. I, I just couldn't focus and I didn't have any resources to help me. I didn't know what was going on at the school, you know, and I, I you know, it was just, it's, it's kind of like going to the school, but not really going to the school. You know, you're not getting the same experience. Yeah. I, I'm friends with a bunch of civilians and they even tell me, you know, we go to class, wake up, get breakfast, go to class. And then out of nowhere, uh, they just go right back to their rooms and just sit there all day, you know, that that's the main thing like me coming here wanting to join a regiment plus me wanting to go as i said in the episode before this uh, me wanting to go into the air force um how do you feel like you coming into the regiment now um you're doing a license right yeah yeah engine license how do you feel that's gonna help you more now that you're doing it like professionally yes well, I mean, basically you can put that on your resume. You have a hands-on internship operating effectively a power plant for three summers in a row. You have professional experience working on a ship. You know, it's it just looks really good and it'll put you a step ahead of a lot of other engineering like students that have just graduated. Because like when you look at, you know, going into the engineering field, you know, I think about 300,000 mechanical engineers graduating every year. Say you're a mechanical engineer and you want to get a job at a good company doing something interesting and you have this three years of experience working with engines working with what's effectively a power plant and you have the endorsement of being in like a military lifestyle thing you know that's just gonna put you ahead of a lot of other engineering students 
Loki, I wanted to ask this question to you, Artie, about last some um, the whole you want to go into the Air Force and whatnot. You were in the maritime industry. How come you just don't want to go to the Navy or the Coast Guard? You want to go straight to the Air Force. Like, that's a whole different, like, you know, industry. And you're going to have to learn how to fly planes and stuff like that, if that's what you want to do. I mean, they do have some mechanical engineering, engineering stuff. But, like, you know, you're going to be on a ship. You're going to know how to do, you know, fix things on a ship or engineer on a ship. Not really, a you know, a plane or a fighter jet. Um, me going into the Air Force, that doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to be flying planes, flying jets, all that. Uh, to be honest with you, I might not even be able to fly jets. You know, I might be over the height requirement. There's a certain height, you know, people can be. Um, Damn, but my mate. So you're short? No, I'm too tall. <laughs> I mean, also, if you, if you really want to fly planes, the Navy is the place to go because, you know, you know, who has the second largest Air Force in the world? U.S. Navy, like, but um, my in a fighter jet—that's funny. That but, is really funny. That's mean. My main reason for coming here was the engineering program, plus a very close family friend of mine who I consider an uncle to me uh, was a major in the Marine Corps. Uh, he went to um, uh, VMI, and then went to OCS from there. He brought up maritime to me and was talking. I'm, I'm talking about him uh, with all, with deploying and all that, going active duty. He goes, uh, he's talking to me about all the branches. Um, he was talking to me about the deployments with the Navy. How, you know, I could have a 10 month deployment and maybe two months out of that deployment, I'll see land. You know, that's something I really don't, you know, really want to do with like my time. I want to be on land. I want to see things. Uh, the Air Force, uh, talking to my grandfather, who was a staff sergeant in the Air Force, he says, like, that's the best opportunity to do all that. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, and I mean, having just hands-on experience is going to help you no matter where you go. Like, as an engineer, it's just this kind of one of those things where they're like, okay, this guy has actually had practical experience doing this. So I, I think being here, like, no matter what you want to do engineering-wise, coming here, getting an engine license will help. Yeah. So. Okay, well, I got a question. This might be funny. This may not, maybe not. When you came to the regiment, like, how did they treat you knowing that you was a civilian? Like, did they talk about you? Did they talk about your big-ass head? Yeah, I mean, I do have a big-ass head, and that's that's always been, a, <laughs> that's always been an issue in my life. <laughs> and, you know, like, you know, it's – I remember I was talking to one of the IDOs during NDOC, and um, I forget what it was, but he – he, uh, me and my roommate, we both have kind of big ass heads. Damn. And um, and he thought he thought we were two older guys that had already worked in the industry and Holy were coming shit. to get our license. And meanwhile, I'm I was I'm 21 now, but I was 20 then, and my roommate was 18. So I, I think we got maybe a little bit more respect because we look a little older. Okay. But at the same time, I think also that came with a weird animosity from certain people for some reason. I I can't really put my finger on it. Okay, because, yeah, like, I'm going to be honest with you. When I first met you and uh, end up or saw you in the end up, I was like, damn, that boy got a big-ass head. I'm going to be honest with you. My, I was just going through. I was like, does that I do have a big-ass head. Like, like does fine. that shit echolocate or some shit? Like, <laughs> like, so, <laughs> but, like, at the same time, like, you know, I could, I could like, in my section, we have uh, a guy named Jacob, um, mm-hmm. and he's 25. 
Yeah. I always tell them, bro, like, that's crazy. Like, it's really inspirational to see, like, older people, not saying that you're old, old, but, like, 25-year-olds yeah. that has already got their degree, but they want to go more and go to a different extent, go in a different zone. Like, that's really inspiring that you want to, you know, you're still working at the same time. Like, even I don't, I don't know if you have a job or not, but still just you're going, you know, as old as you are, 21 you should be already graduating usually at 22, 23, somewhere around there. But because you're 21, that's like really inspirational. You can really inspire people like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I actually, you know, I, you know, not to go into my life too much, but, you know, I had I have had a bit of an untraditional background. And I think that the school really attracts people with untraditional backgrounds because this school, you know, a lot of schools are hard to get into. And then they do things like grade inflation. I know a lot of Ivy Leagues and stuff will do grade inflation, whereas the school if you come here, it's pretty easy to get in. I'm not going to lie, you know, 3.2 GPA requirement, not too hard. And you can actually make something of yourself afterwards. You know, you can't, you don't come here because you're the best, you leave the best. And that's one of the things that I really liked about the school that personally really inspired me. You know, I met a lot of, um, of, uh, maritime grads cause I was living in the DC area for a while. And, uh, they were the ones that initially got me out of the school because I was interested in naval architecture and it's the school is like a lot closer. I did a tour of the Webb Institute. That was just kind of weird. It's a weird school. Um, with some weird people. So I didn't really want to go there. This was just a good opportunity. Yeah. So um, as, as you said, you know, you're 21 years old, you know, you're one of the older people out of all the mugs. How, how do you feel like knowing like you're the oldest, like, I think I believe in our section. I think you are the oldest, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm, how I'm, does that affect you, like mentally? I mean, on the one hand, I sometimes I feel like I'm being less mature than I should be because like I'm around a bunch of younger guys. I think you're the youngest person in our section, actually, and like we're <laughs> friends, so that's this is kind of weird, right? Damn, Artie, you're but, a child. I'm I'm 18 now, but my birthday is December 4th, wait, so wait, wait, I am the youngest. Now? Huh? You're legal now. I'm legal now. You're technically not legal. Here's, okay. Technically, here's, yes. Here's the argument. Okay. There's a lot of people, especially in my workplace over in Foot Action, because I was the youngest. I was 17 at the time. Matter of, no, I was 16 at the time. I was there for almost two and a half years, and freaking, uh, they always called me a gerb. Call me a Gerber. You know, like the Gerber food and stuff of babies and shit like that. They used to call me a Gerber. I was like, what the hell you call me a Gerber for? And it was like, because you young. I'm like, that's crazy. And now you young? In your own section, and you just, wow. I have, in my section, there's, like, 17-year-olds still in, like, in my section. Like, that's crazy. I mean, from one thing that I've seen, uh, I believe, I don't know who it is, but I think somebody just turned 18, you know, at the beginning, like, January 2nd, somebody just turned 18 here. Oh, no. They yeah. got bullied. Well, I mean, you know, the other So, thing, you know what I mean? The other thing, too, is, like, I, I think a lot of people in this area don't realize it, but, like, the Northeast has, like, a much better, like, educational program than, like, other parts of the country. And, you no, know, they don't. Not, but, like, a lot of people graduate high school here at 17, True. whereas, like, you know, in the South, like, someone graduating high school at 19 is pretty common, just because, you know, maybe maybe, maybe people in the South, like me, are a little stupider. But that's kind of how we are. You're not stupid. Uh, You're just mentally challenged. <laughs> That's a very that's a very politically correct take on things. Yeah, you're not that's sure. not right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like I would say, like like um, with the whole like age thing, you technically eighteen, you're you're able to have consent when it comes to sexual intercourse. But then, at yes, no, yes, no, 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 yes, wait, 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 State, yes, state of New York, it's seventeen. Okay, for what sexual intercourse? Okay, but eighteen, 
it's the same thing like you're saying, like you're 21. 21, you can drink and you're you're like, you can do anything. At 18, in your household, you're a grown-ass man. You better be paying some motherfucking bills. That's what grown-ass man, that is right there. Maybe in your household, my mom say the same thing. You, you grown-ass man, you better clean up this goddamn room shit. My room ain't dirty, but shit, you know, she used to say that shit. But, you know, 21, I, there's a lot of people saying, you know what? At 21, that's when you are a fully legal person. I'm just like, I'm legal anyway when I get my social security, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. what are you talking about? I mean, I mean, I think the other thing, too, is that, like, I've, I, I kind of try and, like, I mean, I don't, like, lecture lecture you guys or anything, but I kind of try and offer, like, better life advice from someone that's, like, lived, yes, you a, should. Like, lived a little more. Like, uh, you know, I've, I've been out in the world, out and about, you know. Giving poor drink choices. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, we don't, yeah, I don't do that. <laughs> Because, you know, if as a 21-year-old distributing alcohol to minors, despite everyone's request, is you're going to jail. Yeah, like I, that, that, is, that is probably one of the most annoying things. If you are older and coming to the school, do not tell people you're older because they will harass you to buy them shit. Exactly. And then you're going to end up one drop in the soap and something happening. Where, where did that come from? <laughs> shit, you give somebody a, a minor some, uh, some drinks. Yeah, yeah, you no, you're you drop that damn song. And you know, especially like at this school where like you saying that from past experiences? Hell no. You better not play that bullshit <laughs> with me, Arden. Yeah, but I mean like at this school, like where there's you know, you guys had it on your podcast, like there's there's some issues here with that that stuff and like it can it can get dark sometimes. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, the the one thing like you no know, with like drinking and all that, smoking, all that. You don't want to, like, do it too much where it gets out of hand and then now you have a problem and you're just lost where that's all you depend on. That's the only thing to keep you, like, your head straight because that's where you're just going to go down a bad path. Yeah, and I mean, like, personally, like, I, I try and keep everyone away from that stuff because, you know, uh, I have a lot. I had a lot of friends OD and die from uh, fentanyl. And so, like, you know, whenever I see, you know, younger people, like, talking about, like, doing drugs and, like, going crazy and stuff, I'm just, like, don't do that to yourself because like you know when i was younger like you know friends of mine got involved with that you know they were just having fun and then like all of a sudden two years later one of them's dead and you're going to funerals and you know then another one drops and another one and it's, it's just a bad scene yeah and that's that's another thing i really i actually do appreciate about the school i know a lot of people aren't a big fan of it but the drug testing i don't have to worry as much about like people i talk to suddenly becoming like drug addicts or something like that yeah, I, I, I could keep up with the drug testing because um, I am in security company, so I'm usually Boo. the people. <laughs> Boo, ship security. Honor guard. Ha-ha. Someone's a you guys, you guys hold baby. flags. Okay, and we, we represent the school. We go to more events than y'all. Exactly. We go, we go to the Dude. same amount of events. The only reason I haven't been to an event because okay, okay. the two events I was the going event, to, okay, I had to, to COVID fair, and the flu. To be fair, like security company, their events are like every morning getting people to piss in a cup. Like exactly, piss in a damn cup. But, but piss, <laughs> piss. No, we render, we we salute. We are in the greatest shape. We are the ones. <laughs> I know I'm fat. Okay, shut up. Okay, I know I'm fat. Okay, you son of a bitch. Okay, you. I know I'm fat. Well, shoot, this is just muscle. Okay, yeah. this is baby fat. I mean, that, okay. I mean, that's the thing is like whenever Honor Guard goes out, everyone's just ogling them and their, their like their bodies. You know? I mean, whenever Julian goes out, we're wa- we're watching him waddle. Fuck you. <laughs> okay, I waddle with dignity. Okay, <laughs> okay, shit. And also, my commander, Miss Lopez Ramos, 
is the one who gives the report in to who, who, who says report? Mr. Danko. Yes, him. Okay. So that right there is a plus two. Goodbye. Yeah. I mean, on that note, one thing to look out for if you're a civvy and you're going uh, going into the regiment, I uh, I knew a couple of my IDOs when I was a civvy, and then they were in charge of me, and I had to call them, you know, Mr. Mister Whatever and Mr. That. And it was, it was a very weird experience to have these people that you'd hung out with on a very casual basis suddenly screaming in your face. And uh, I think it was pretty awkward for them, too. I, I talked to a couple of them. And they said on the first day when they saw me, they were just like, oh, crap. Yeah, you like – for one thing that I can see, like I think you're older than two of our IDOs in our section. Yeah. How was it like you getting yelled at by somebody younger than you? You know, honestly, like I'm just trying to get where I need to go. Like I don't, I don't really care who yells at me. I've been yelled at by, you know, it's like, you know, when a little kid yells at you, you know, you're not gonna freak out or anything. You're like, as hell I'm- yeah, you, you, you respect your elders. I'm gonna whoop your ass. <laughs> You yeah. don't yell at me. Yeah, I wasn't really saying that during Indoc. I would have gotten a lot of trouble. I mean, of course, but shit, if any other younger person said that shit, imagine a, a, a 12-year-old said some shit like that. Oh, you fat motherfucker. <laughs> okay, and screamed that shit. And then looked at me dirty. Of course, I'm going to whoop that ass, okay? Okay, you're also going to go to jail for assaulting a minor. No, it's not assaulting. It's called disciplining, okay? There's a difference between abuse, okay, all right, then whooping a motherfucker's ass. Yeah. I mean, also, like, when you get older, you kind of, like, learn to deal with, you know, life a little bit more. Like, life breaks you down, makes you a little harder, a little more jaded, you know, a little more depressed, a little less motivated. You'll, you'll get there, you know. That's right. what I'm saying. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, that. <laughs> yeah. Shut up, Julian. You shut up. Bitch. All right, so. That, um, <laughs> that was scary. No, uh, that was the main reason for you, for, uh, you coming on here with us to, uh, to speak about like the transition from civilian life to regimental life. Um, yeah. Is there any last things you want to say to, you know, people coming into the school, you know, they can't decide whether civvy or regiment, you know, if, if you're coming in on the civvy side and you're thinking you might want to go regiment, I would say go regiment and then transfer to civvy after if you really don't like it. And because it provides a lot more opportunities to make friends, to do things, you get that experience that you really don't get anywhere else except service academies. And then, well, I mean, you don't really get get it to the same level as service academies, but like, you know, it's a similar environment. And then if you're an older person thinking of coming to the school, I would I would definitely recommend it because this is not a traditional college where, you know, there are a bunch of like random teenagers just like having sex everywhere, doing <laughs> drugs, drinking, like this is this is a much more professional environment to a degree than other colleges. I mean, we, you know, we, we still have fun here and everything, but it's, it's not the same as like a party school or something like that. And oh, yeah. it's, it's a hell of a lot worse, but it's, it's somewhere where you can come if you're 25 and you realize, you know, I need to pull my life together, you know, come here, you know, it's, it's a good place to be. And if you're, I, I think we've had like mugs last year, there was a mug that was like 31. Oh, I think, I think he was in your section. Yeah. Wasn't. That one tall old dude in during Indoc, he was the guide on. Ricky Yardy. Yeah. It was either Ricky Yardy or Murphy. We have, you know, we have day students. They're day students, so like they have their degree. And Murphy and Ricky Yardy, he Ricky Yardy was a lieutenant in the Navy, and then um, Murphy, he's I think he's a petty officer. But yeah, they are day students, and so they helped us out a lot, very much during Indoc as far as marching, knowing how to do that. 
I mean, we still on the rocky side, but still, you know, we didn't have that much time to like, you know, get in what we need to as far as like what we do in a regular. We only did have end five up. days. Yeah, we only yeah. had five freaking days. I really, like yeah, I said, that, I wanted a, a whole usual end dock. Yeah, I want you to spend some time on the ship. You know, I mean that that's the other thing too. Like with end dock and stuff, if you come here like as an older student, everyone's experiencing something new. You know, you won't just be behind everyone else because you are all doing something that very few people in this country actually do, which is, you know, go into the maritime industry. I, I don't know the numbers on that, but we only have like, what, seven maritime academies across the country? And they're all pretty small. Like the school only has like 1,800 people. Yeah, mass, uh, I think mass maritime is the smallest out of all of them. Mass is the smallest. Mass. I was actually going to get go there. Freaking here, they accepted me, and then Mass Maritime didn't accept me. I was like, what kind of shit is that? I, like, bro. I can't relate. I got a $10,000 scholarship for Mass Maritime. Wow. Good lucky for you, bitch. Okay. <laughs> Fuck you. Nah, but, um, no, Sam, uh, thank you for coming on with us, you know, speaking about uh, the life as a civilian and then joining the regiment, you know. It's, it, hel- it helps out a bit uh, for anybody who is a civilian here. Or coming into the school, you know, not knowing what they want to do yet. And, you know, all the job opportunities, you know, joining the regiment that, you know, could benefit people in the future. Yeah, it's definitely, it's not the best organization in the world, but it will help you professionally. All right, so. Yeah, but uh, we, again, from me, from bottom of my heart, thank you for coming on. Uh, The info you have shared with me, Artie, and the people here that listen in. We enjoyed you listening to your experience here, uh, being a civilian, then changing to a regiment. Thank you for coming to the regiment, building some numbers here, because obviously in the past semester and during the break, people has left and work just dropped out. So, you know, you're one of them that stayed and are staying committed and having some positive energy towards the regiment. So we thank you for that. Um, And for you guys, thank you as well for supporting us, listening in. Uh, we implore you guys to share with your friends to listen in as well. Um, we will be making in some um, more guests. And then if you guys would like to hear some more topics, uh, you have any questions, uh, you want to be a guest on the podcast, feel free to hit me or Artie up and we will hit you guys back as soon as we can. And we'll get you on here. We schedule something. But again, thank you again for uh, coming, uh, listening to us and hope you guys have a blessed weekend. Hope to see you guys all in the next week and you guys just stay blessed. See y'all later. All right, y'all be good. Stay safe. Don't have too much fun guys. Sounds good.